Um, yes, like that's that's what a stout is. Is it it it, it, it just means a strong porter? Yeah, because stout just meant strong. Yeah, which is bizarre. Which uh, considering what it became with Guinness, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. 4.7% bullshit. So there were a couple of other innovations as well as the hydrometer and the thermometer, which let people brew at high uh, quantities, right? As well as high quality, high quantities. Uh, so number one was the invention of really big tanks. Yes. So we won the war. Yes. <laughs> Mechanized infantry. <laughs> other kind of tank yeah so this is actually a picture of a fermentation tank at the um maker's mark distillery hey. um, but a large <laughs> a large porter tank would be similar to this right so really big tanks were important because they allowed porter to be brewed reliably year round because the more volume you have in the tank, the harder it is for the temperature of the beer to change, right? Yeah, yeah it insulates, right? Yeah, the beer insulates itself. These were essentially built like really large barrels. You can see here, uh, basically like barrel staves. Um, these are metal rods. Uh, in this case, I'm, I'm not sure how they were built. There's no pictures that I could find of old porter tanks, which is, again, why I used the Maker's Mark Distillery. Um, but some of these... We're thinking this, but larger, like taller. Not just, yeah, taller, larger around. Um, some of them were 22 feet in diameter. Some of them held 20,000 barrels or more of porter, right? Jesus. Yeah, they were big-ass things. I believe one brewer held a banquet for 200 people in one of their porter tanks. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the smell. I wonder if they had used it yet by that point, you know? Uh. <laughs> so this lets us scale up from, like, breweries that make a couple thousand barrels a year to breweries that make 500, 600,000 barrels of beer a year, right? Mm. But there were some problems with really big tanks. Um, the big one being the London Beer Flood of 1814. <laughs> can <laughs> <laughs> see the way that this is going already yeah, yeah so the the london beer flood was when the horseshoe brewery which was right near the modern tottenham court road tube station it had one of the largest porter tanks in existence it started it, didn't. <laughs> it started leaking and leaking was apparently normal and tolerated but this time mm-hmm. it leaked too much and it burst open and it flooded a residential neighborhood, killed eight people. It's fine. I'll yes. drink my way out. Well, that's what the press said. They said, you know, it was an Irish uh, working class neighborhood and the press was like, well, you know, they all, you know, drank themselves to death trying to drink their way out of their, their <laughs> and shit. And it's like, it like real, real, real gross shit. I mean, <laughs> classic English shit. Yeah. So another innovation. In addition to really big tanks, and after the London Beer Flood, they actually switched back to smaller tanks. So they're like, ah, oh, I don't want to lose that much plot product. I don't care. We flew too close to the sun. I don't care about the <laughs> Irish. I don't want to lose that much product. Um, <laughs> you don't want to lose that much product to the Irish. Oh, God. Another innovation was the invention of patent malt. I just realized there's a watermark here. Oh, uh, yeah. It says brew and grow, huh? Well, I got this from a uh, uh, online malt dealer, so 
Uh, it's free well, advertising. That, well, there's your molds. Yeah, exactly. Uh. All right. So thanks to the invention of the hydrometer, brewers could now measure what we call brew house efficiency, right? And that's the amount of sugar you extract from a given amount of malt, right? Hmm. So porter brewers had been using something called brown malt before, which we don't know exactly how it was made or what it was. Um, this is entirely lost nobody knowledge. Cared. Yeah, yeah exactly. nobody cared enough to write it down. Brown malt was the cheap stuff, right? While the Burton Pale Ale uh, brewers used pale malt, which was much more expensive, right? Hmm. So after the invention of the hydrometer, the porter brewers discovered to their shock that the cheap brown malt that they were using did not yield as much sugar per pound, pound, you know, British pound sterling, as Mm. the pale malt brewers of Burton were getting. So they realized, oh, wow, we've been, this has been a false economy the whole time. Uh, We need to switch to pale malt. Mm -hmm. But pale malt couldn't brew a dark enough beer to disguise the disgusting flavor of London water. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what, uh, and pale malt had only recently become possible because of the invention of coking coal, right? Coking coal is coal that's been baked essentially, which lets it, you know, really do a smokeless flame. It's, it's mostly used in steel production. Um, but it, it's also, you know, useful for, if you don't want to impart a smoky flavor into the beer you're brewing, mm-hmm. right? And it lets you mm. control the flame and control the malting process. Um, so if you brewed with pale malt, <laughs> you couldn't disguise the flavor of disgusting <laughs> London water. You couldn't get the right flavors either. Um, you couldn't get the right color, of course. So the brewers tried a few things to start out with to make these beers cheaper, right? They started adulterating the beer with all kinds of stuff, right? So molasses, brown sugar, licorice. Okay, whatever, right? Uh Uh-huh. And they also tried ferrous sulfate, coculus indicus, which is a kind of poisonous berry, sulfuric acid, Oh. Like all of these better than the molasses and the licorice. Oh, Opium. Yeah, you've made a pastry style. Congratulations. <laughs> Strychnine. <laughs> None of it really Man. worked that well. Um, well, I mean, no, no complaints, right? Uh, yeah, you're probably not getting too many complaints from the strychnine uh, folks, but probably you are from their families. Uh, <laughs> I mean, assuming they don't all live in the flop house. I've got know, in which case, no one cares. Mm. Do they not have workhouses? Um, <laughs> no, so none of this worked well, and it sort of reduced the public's opinion of Porter, which is going to be important in a bit. But a, a guy named Daniel Wheeler had an idea. Rather than using brown malt for the whole beer, what if you deeply roasted some of the malt to a very mm. dark color and then add it to the pale malt, Right. So he came up with what was called patent malt, which is what you're seeing here. You can see it's a much darker color than the malt we've looked at earlier. Wheeler's patent malt came out in 1817, and you could use a very small amount of this in addition to pale malt. And that's like less than 3% of the mash bill, right? And you could come up with something which tasted the same as a regular porter. 
in both taste yeah. and color, right? So it's like fucking around with like sugar-free sodas now, where you just have like a twenty-year period where it's absolute horseshit, and then you get like something that's kind of okay at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. and this is still how we brew beer today. Um, hmm. Almost every beer is brewed primarily with pale malt, and then there are additional malts you add, you know, just to alter the color and flavor, as opposed to using one kind of malt that um you know does uh does the whole thing and this was so quickly supplanted brown malt that we don't know what it is anymore <laughs> just no, again no, nobody cared enough to write any of this down or do any math about it yeah we we have no idea we don't know what uh, a porter brown malt is we don't know what a porter from the early 1800s looks like we have no idea <laughs> Just other than it may contain opium. So you might yes. have a nice, weird yeah. time. A lot of people theorize that a porter from the early 1800s was actually lighter in color than a modern porter. Because um, hmm. they were having a hard time. I mean, it would be relatively easy to make a dark black beer. They were trying to get a certain, I think it may have been more of a dark amber, maybe a red color, right? Ah. Uh. Yeah. Interesting. A different different beer than what we had now. The other thing, of course, is at this time everyone's usually drinking out of a a, a sort of pewter drinking vessel, right? As opposed to a mm -hmm. nice clear glass thing like we have today. And that was for reasons. Um, and those reasons will become important as we continue going, because I realize, oh wow, we're less than halfway <laughs> through. How's everyone doing? <laughs> okay. I'm 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 doing okay, but I am gonna go and get a wow. second beer.